0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today.
1: Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are do doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Coming up in about 15 minutes or so, we'll get back into the Blues. Are they in draft and develop mode, or it's going to make more sense for them to use those picks that they get at the deadline to be able to flip them for proven players? We'll get to that coming up at 1215. But right now, we're going out to the Brown and Croupin Celebrity Line to be joined by Kyle Reese. He writes about the Cardinals' prospects for a website called Birds on the Black. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at kyler 416 All the national prospects analysts, they get to see the Cardinals prospects occasionally, especially down at the Arizona Fall League. Kyle watches them like every single night. So he has a better grasp on a lot of these players than most of the national people that you will see conversing about them. Kyle, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today?
0: I'm doing well, BK. It's a pleasure to be on. I love talking it over with you.
1: Absolutely. We're happy to have you. And as I'm sure you've been seeing over the last couple of days, everybody's putting out their top 100 prospects list. So uh, the big conversations that are being had by Cardinals fans are the same ones that we've been having for a couple of years now with Jordan Walker, who's in basically the top 15 at a minimum on every one of these top 100 lists. Kyle, from what you saw from him last year when he was down in double a for the majority of the season, what was the biggest sign or development that you saw? Was there anything in particular that stood out to you with Jordan Walker's game last year compared to what you had seen previously?
0: You know, he was so well-developed in 2021 at Palm Beach. I think I was most impressed to see him stay within himself at double A, just like he did uh, at, at, you know, the, the A plus level during 2021. He, he knows who he is and to be that young and that advanced, and to stick to your plan at the plate, and to see that happen at double-A, where the challenge is very difficult. Uh, jumping from high-A to double-A is a huge task, so jumping from low-A to double-A is even even more hard to understand for your average fan. Like He was just himself. I think as the season progressed at the plate, the thing that we saw him do more than he had done in the past is turn on the inside pitch. He has a swing that's designed... Uh, basically to work gap to gap, you know, for being a a big guy who might be known for his power. He's, he's more of a hitter than he is a power prospect. And I think that that's kind of one of the misconceptions of him, but his swing is meant to work gap to gap. It's meant to fight off some tough pitches inside and find the opposite gap. And what we saw by the end of the year is we saw him turn on those pitches a little bit more frequently, those breaking pitches inside those fastballs on his hands, and drive them a little bit more, which, for a 20-year-old at the AA level with the type of power and potential that he has is a huge sign and a huge positive.
2: Kyle, with that being said, talking about his swing, have you seen anything to show that he has any holes in his swing? You know, I, I think of Nolan Gordon when he was here last year, struggle with fastballs up in the zone. Is there anything like that that you've seen with Jordan Walker?
0: It's, it's a throwaway thing because we're going to talk about this with every teenage to 20 to 22-year-old right-handed prospect. He definitely has issues with breaking pitches low and outside. That is, you know, especially the more advanced breaking pitches low and outside. Now you don't see that many of those at Double A, and he definitely didn't see a lot of those type of advanced breaking pitches uh, at the low levels of the minors. But we saw some of those more advanced breaking pitches early in counts, late in counts, uh, those sweeping sliders specifically. We saw him really have trouble with that. Uh, I. I gift during the season. I, I gif as much of the the highlights as I can, and I wanted to make a point to try to put a little bit more video out there of some of his struggles, and I never got around to it. But uh, one of the great follows on uh, on Twitter is VHS, and he has a a uh, video out there of a struggle of of uh, Jordan Walker struggling to hit a slider that is you know maybe a foot off the plate. He's just he was just a little over aggressive, and and that is an area that he'll need to improve. You know he. He's at the ballet and he's twenty years old and he'll, you know, either be in the Cardinal or a Memphis Redbird at twenty one. And he's just gonna have to learn when to maybe be a little bit more selective about that pitch.
1: So it reminds me a lot of Dylan Carlson when he first came up in 2020. Now that was a weird year for a million different reasons, and we don't have to get into all of that. But when he first came up, they were throwing him junk, right? They were barely even throwing him fastballs, and he he struggled at times against them. And he had very similar numbers. I know, Kyle, this is something that you pointed out uh, to a lot of your followers as well. But the numbers in A between Dylan Carlson and Jordan Walker were remarkably similar. Carlson dominated at that level it, do you think it is fair to expect some early struggles from Jordan Walker when he comes up because he's 20 years old?
0: I, you know, I do. I, as, as, uh, as incredible of a talent as he is and as advanced as he is for his age, I do think that, you know, what we saw specifically with Dylan Carlson were those change-ups, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. even just junk. It was those major league change-ups. And I feel like in all of these years of watching the minor leagues, you know, breaking pitches are one thing. Baseball is another thing. Command is a whole another thing. But the major difference is a major league changeup is such a different beast altogether. And you don't see a major league changeup really until you get to the major leagues. You know, you you'll see some really great stuff elsewhere in the minor leagues. It's just few and far between. But that, that next level changeup, every major leaguer struggles with. Like even even the advanced the advanced. Uh, minor leaguers making a major league debut with, with advanced hit tools like Juan Yepes and even Brendan Donovan, that changeup is a whole different beast. And until a player makes that adjustment, until they see it at the major league level, you never really know how they're going to adapt to it. Um, the thing about Jordan Walker, I, I don't think he's going to struggle with the changeup the same way that Dylan, Dylan Carlson did, because I think his swing is a little bit, it's a little bit more defensive in nature than Carlson was at the age of 20 uh, at, you know, at the same levels. Uh, I think I think the difference is where, where Jordan Walker, he just hits the ball so hard, you know, whether it be his 90th percentage exit velocity, his average exit velocity or his top of the line exit velocity. He's going to get away with being able to make weaker contact because it's going to be harder by nature. And I think that's going to help him kind of sort through some of the early season struggles that he has whenever he makes his major league debut.
2: Kyle, you were mentioning pitcher stuff, so I want to switch to some of the Cardinals' pitching prospects. And the guys that are drawing a lot of buzz right now are Gordon Grisefo and Tink Hints. The yeah. biggest conversation with the Cardinals this offseason was, you know, the ace conversation, looking for an ace on the market. Can Jack Flair be that guy? My question for you is Do you think one of these guys, Grisefo, Hints, or maybe somebody else in the system, can develop into being the ace for the Cardinals in the future?
0: I am always reluctant to say ace, right? Like, they, in my mind, I'm one of these crazy fans who think that an ace like there's only five aces in the league i i definitely think gracefo and hence and then another pitcher we're not talking a lot about is cooper jerpy the cardinals first round draft pick in 2022 i think those three guys specifically have the chance to be top of the rotation starters uh, i i think with kentz as we'll get a better feel for this as he builds up his uh his endurance and we see him get a few more innings on that arm i think he probably has a chance to be what we might traditionally defined as an ace. I think Gordon Graceffo is going to be a workhorse. I think you're looking at, you know, just to kind of be lazy about it. I think you're talking about a Lance Lynn type career from him. I think he's going to strike out more guys. Obviously he has more velocity. He doesn't throw 14 different fastballs. It's uh, it's a full repertoire of uh, a change up curve slider, but he's going to be a workhorse. Uh, and then Cooper jerpy is such, such a unique pitcher. He releases the ball at a different angle. Uh, no one else measures the way that he measures and just by the, the nature of being such a unique pitcher with the stuff that he has and his ability to understand modern technology and also like the old school bulldog mentality, just like Graceffo of of how to pitch uh, and having a plan and executing that plan. I think that he could be a whole different beast, but for me, it comes down to those three. All three have the potential to be top of the line, top of the rotation starters. All three have the chance to be a team's quote-unquote ace. I don't think any of them are going to be Jacob DeGrom. I don't think any of them are going to be Max Scherzer or a pitcher that we might traditionally view as an ace. Uh, But I think that at the very least, all three will be middle of the rotation arms. And we haven't said that about pitchers in the past. Like Even Matthew Libertor, I was one of the people who said, yeah, he's probably got a ceiling of a middle of the rotation, and maybe even probably a back of the rotation. I'm usually hedging that way. And those three guys are on an island of their own in the organization.
1: I think we had the conversation last year when we were talking around this time about Steven Matz. Like, would you sign up for Matthew Libertor to have Steven Matz's career? And you're like, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's a really good career for Matthew Libertor. And I did want to ask you about Libertor once again. Somebody on our text line asked, what's his role with the Cardinals this year? I think that's really hard to define right now because they do have so many starters in front of him in the pecking order. And then you look to the bullpen and they've just got a lot of guys back there that seem to have defined roles right now. Kyle, not even necessarily asking you about his role, but when you look at the pitcher that he was a year ago, what would you like to see him improve upon? Or maybe what was the difference between him down in AAA at the end of the year versus at the big leagues? Was there anything that made you confident that he can get this thing turned around?
0: One thing we've heard the Cardinals say, and we've heard we heard uh, Matthew talk about it at winter warm-up, he kept talking about his command. And honestly, like he said, he his goal now he's hitting his spot about eight out of every ten times. Where in the past it was hitting his spot six out of every ten times. I disagree. I I think that command is fine. I think, uh, granted, you know, you want your pitchers to have as good of command of their stuff as possible. For me, those fastballs are the issue. The sinker and his his heater, his four seamer, they both need to change. They're not they're not good enough as they are. They're not they're not. They're not, they don't move the way that they need to move to be major league effective unless he's throwing his fastball, both of, both of those pitches, unless he's throwing them into the mid or high 90s. And if he's not doing that, then they lose a tremendous amount of effectiveness. And what we saw at the end of 2021 when he was really putting it all together at Memphis, we saw that velocity was consistently and deep into starts between like 94 and 97 miles an hour. And in 2022, we hardly saw that. And he pitches with an edge when he's – like you can tell in his attitude and his body and his body language. He's He exudes confidence. And when he exudes confidence, he dials it up a little bit. And that was gone all last year. Uh, the, little, the fiery lefty that I would watch in 2021 who would let up a huge homer and then get really angry about it and then correct some of his mistakes, that was gone in 2022. So, for me, the, the difference is – his velocity was down, uh, specifically late in starts. Uh, and when I say late, I mean even three, three innings deep, which is uncommon. And also, like, he wasn't the bulldog. He wasn't the animal on the mound that we used to watch. And that's such a throwaway thing, you know, that maybe, maybe we're even spending a little too much time talking about. But he, those were the things that were missing from Matthew Libertor, uh, which are things that he needs because those fastballs just aren't good enough to be middle of the rotation at the major league level.
2: Kyle, one pitcher that I'm, I'm fascinated by just looking at his baseball reference page and reading up on his backstory, and he's an under-the-radar prospect and he's a bullpen arm, but I'm curious what you saw from Ryan Lutas in the minors last yeah. year, rose up through three levels from high A to triple A, and then they sent him to the Arizona Fall League as well, and now he's got a non-roster invite to spring training. What can you tell us about him, and do you think he's a guy that could factor into the Cardinals' bullpen at some point this season?
0: You know, Tanner, I've got to tell you, I am fascinated by the Cardinals' current group of relief pitching prospects. This is something I never thought I would say. You know, back in the day, it was only starters that failed as starters that became relievers of the Major League Bullpen, and the Cardinals have kind of found this little market efficiency with relief pitchers that they draft or sign as undrafted free agents, and then they have like a group of five to ten of these guys, specifically right-handers, that might make a Major League debut within the next 12 to 18 months. And Laudus is one of those guys, you know, he has a great story. Uh, everybody's written about it. Rob Raines uh, wrote about it. A great article about Laudis' story, you know, went to WashU U locally. Um, the last year before he, he graduated from WashU and the Cardinal signed him as an undrafted free agent, he really dedicated himself to understanding the technology and the biometrics of, of throwing. And then miraculously, he went from throwing 88, between 92 and 88, and all of a sudden he was throwing in the high 90s and, Engineering a, a slider and a curveball, he throws his curveball a little bit too much. But uh, so he blew through the lower levels and even Double A. And then when he got to Triple A, he really struggled with this fastball. His fastball, again, high nineties, ninety six to ninety nine. Uh, but it's kind of a flat pitch, and we saw him get beat around a little bit at Triple A because the AAA hitters, the older Triple A hitters who have been career minor leaguers, they, they knew it was coming. They've seen better moving fastballs, and they kind of jumped on it. But what I know about loudest is he's, he's back in the lab. He spent all summer or all winter rather working to re-engineer these pitches so that he can reach his next level, which would be a major league bullpen arm. And in in my write up of him over at birds on the black, I I was quick to say that like right now in my mind, loudest is a lot like former Cardinals legend, Mitch Harris. Hmm. I think, I think that there's, there's a lot of combo there where, these are two guys with unusual circumstance. You know, Mitch Harris was uh, part of the Navy. His career started late because of it. Uh, not really the loudest thing, but they're both great stories and great people who work extremely hard uh, in the face of adversity to eventually make a major league debut. And when Mitch Harris made his major league debut, he had a really great first season and then kind of fell off and had some arm issues after that. It, that probably changed his career trajectory. I think that's the kind of arm that Ryan Lattis is going to be. I think he's going to be one of those valuable right-handed arms that spend some time between Memphis and St. Louis uh, up and down throughout the entire year and who fill some valuable innings and maybe gets exposed a little bit, but will be just another great depth piece for the Cardinals with the potential to be more somewhere down the line.
1: Kyle Reese is our guest right now here on 101 ESP, and you can find his work over at Birds on the Black. You should also be following him on Twitter if you're interested in anything minor leagues related for the Cardinals. Kyle R416 is where you can find him on Twitter. Uh Kyle, I did want to ask you about a couple of outfielders because as we go into this 2023 season, the Cardinals outfield is certainly under the microscope. And Alec Burleson and Moises Gomez are two guys that could fit into that mix when it comes to kind of the fourth outfielder type of a role. Obviously, like polar opposites in players. You've got a lefty in Alec Burleson who's mostly a contact hitter. You've got a righty in Moises Gomez who hits purely for power and strikes out a ton. When you look at their two profiles, which of those guys do you think is more likely to, if they get that opportunity to be the fourth outfielder, to take that opportunity and run with it?
0: I'm always inclined to say Burleson because Burleson is a little bit more uh, polished, we'll say. You know, I think, I think we started to see, and Alec Burleson didn't get much of a run in September, um, but we did see those last couple weeks when he was making contact, although he didn't really produce, he was starting to hit the ball harder. I think that he got his uh, hard hit rate up to like 16% in a very, very small, small sample size. The other thing is he, he just, he plays a more polish. You know, I, I love Moises Gomez watching Moises Gomez on a nightly basis is one of the most wild experiences I've I've ever part Sometimes he is a dynamic outfielder and a dynamic bat. And then sometimes he just, like on two occasions last year, he tried to throw the ball to the second baseman from like mid right field and just launched it over the second baseman's head. And like those are moments with Moises Gomez. Getting picked off at first are moments with Moises Gomez. But when he's dialed in, there's there's no sneaking a pitch by him. It doesn't matter if it's outside or high, if it's a breaking pitch from a righty or a lefty. He's going to do damage. And to watch what he became this year, to watch him change his swing, because I went back and watched a lot of 2021 when he was with the Rays, to watch him change his swing instead of trying to do damage, just putting a good swing on it and letting the bat do the work, letting his swing do the work. He He's going to be a power threat somewhere. I don't know if it'll be with the Cardinals. I don't know if I'll we'll have to go to someplace like Texas or a team that has a, uh, like an, a chance for him to mold himself into a Dolly's Garcia. Cause he has that kind of potential, but he's not that fielder that a Dolly's Garcia is. And he definitely has um, sometimes a beach ball size hole in his swing. But what makes Gomez really interesting is it's not a consistent hole. Like, you can try to sneak a couple changeups by him, and you're not going to get that second one by him. It doesn't matter what if it's his third at-bat of the game. doesn't matter if it's a different pitcher. You're not going to sneak it by him. He adjusts really well in the game for somebody who strikes out as much as he does. But I think for me, understanding how important it is to have a lefty bat, a lefty bat that can come in and has shown in the past, even in spring training, the ability to hit Jacob DeGrom, to hit Noah Syndergaard, to hit some of the top-level pitching, you, even in the minors, some of the top pitching prospects. It was always it was always Alec Burleson who would have these really tough long at bats and then find a hole to get a base hit. And he's just a, he's a smart player who does everything he can with the athleticism that he has. And to me, I, I'm really anxious to see what he gets if he gets what he looks like if he gets a real opportunity, not a September 2022 opportunity. What he gets if he gets like a real 150 uh, plate appearances in. You know uh, the team's first 50 games. Like that, I want to see what that looks like because I think that I think it's not going to be a Lane Thomas situation. I think it's probably going to be something more like uh, you know a Juan Yepes situation. I think there's a lot of a lot of comparisons to draw between those two and their approach at the plate.
2: Kyle, final question for me: Are there any under the radar prospects that we haven't talked about that you think can make an impact on the Cardinals roster? Maybe not just out of spring training, but this yeah. season.
0: It's going to be fascinating. I think this could be the year where they have more of that. You know, if, if the Cardinals have a bunch of injuries, it's going to be frustrating for everybody. But especially with those, the, the right-handed bullpen options are fascinating to me. You know, uh, Wilking Rodriguez, the, the rule five pick, he's going to be fascinating to watch. Guillermo Zuniga, the Cardinals uh, added him to the 40 man, signed him as a minor league free agent. Well, not a minor league free agent, a major league free agent had ever pitched above double a in the Dodgers system. He's a big righty with big stuff. Uh, But then, like, they also have a guy named Logan Sawyer who they signed off of the Independent League who is a a fascinating kid that measures really well. And in the last couple years, what the Cardinals have done in the draft with some of the release pitching arms is fascinating. You know, it's not just Laudis uh, as an undrafted free agent. It's, you know, uh, Andrew Marrero with the Cardinals' 19th-round pick, I believe, 18th or 19th-round pick in 2021. I have him really high on my list, higher than uh, even some – first round draft picks in the Cardinals organization. He's higher on my, my list because of his, his slider is a dynamic pitch. It's probably the best, if not one of the best pitches in the entire organization. No one's talking about it keep an keep an ear out for Andrew Marrero. We're going to be talking about that right-hander reliever a lot. Uh, Andre Granillo, a 14th round pick from the 2021 draft. Another thing, fastball slider. He's got a few other pitchers that pitches that he works with. He could be a guy made, made it to double a last year he could be a guy that could force his way up to a major league debut. You know, these aren't, these aren't Ron Hill These aren't Juan Cruz. Like these two guys have a little bit more in the tank and Logan Sawyer has more than what those other guys had. So they're not going to come to the majors. Like they have a chance to be more than that type of arm. And I, you know, the, one of my favorite guys, uh, Gianluca, Luca, Luca Delatri pitched for team USA was the big time prospect for UNC had some arm problems, had some hip problems. Uh, was part of the twenty twenty-five or twenty twenty undrafted free agency class from the Cardinals uh, during after that twenty twenty draft that we all talk about and talk about. He became a relief pitcher, was dominant in Peoria, struggled at Double A, but like that's the cro- that's the crop. And then to rant on for just one more second, and I'm sorry about this. Uh, it, there's a couple outfielders that we're not talking about that I find myself incredibly fascinated by, and th- it's like a group of three that that are kind of weird one is a righty named Chase Pinder Chad Pinder's little brother uh, Chase Pinder when he's healthy and he hasn't been healthy for the last two years he might be the most like again not to keep saying Juan Yepes but he might be like the most surprisingly Juan Yepes of, of the group of prospects you know you don't talk about him but when you look at his advanced stats he does everything right and he's just a matter of him getting healthy and he's a really good defensive center fielder and then as as we've seen left-handed hitting options become more and more prevalent had such a large value at the major league level. I think uh, Chandler Redman, who made a bunch of news last year for being the second player ever in affiliated baseball to hit for the the home run cycle, um, if he can continue to tap into his power against righties, I think he could be a really valuable weapon, almost like a Moises Gomez foil, but on the left-hand side. And then Matt Kaperniak is a really interesting left-handed option who only hits righties. Again, he and Chandler Redman are terrible against lefties. <laughs> Uh, but they only hit righties, and we're seeing that in the DH, NLDH, that that role has value. I mean, Corey Dickerson was good for six weeks last year, and he turned that into two point five million dollars. You know, uh, this off season, and so that has value. And I'm anxious to see if those guys give themselves a chance to to get an opportunity.
1: Kyle, this has been awesome, man. People aren't going to find better information, analysis on the Cardinals prospects than he can by reading Kyle's work over at Birds on the Black, following him on Twitter, at KyleR416. Appreciate the time, as always, man. Thanks for, for making us more informed on the Cardinals prospects. We'll talk with you again soon.
0: You're awesome. Thank you very much.